Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. From above the Heineken River Dock on Pier 17, it's Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. He's Jay Williams. Look at this. It's like a hurricane never even happened. Yeah, okay. He's Keyshawn Johnson. I'm Freddie Coleman on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and ESPN News. Yeah, that, that did happen. That happened. Those things actually happened, and the next day we hope everybody is safe, and you had to deal with the remnants of Hurricane Ida that completely went up the East Coast and bent around here and bent around there. Freddie, I got a foot of water in my basement. Yeah, people, foot of water. Uh, Key, I did not sleep last night trying to get the water out of my basement. Well, I mean, I, I don't understand. Let me, I, I, and I keep hearing everybody that we work with and stuff like that on the East Coast mm-hmm. talk about their basements and having to get the water out. Is, is there no sub pumps in the basements? There are, the ground is just too saturated exactly. of, of all the rain this year. That's it, what's it's, happened. It's been crazy, man. It, it's, it's like literally I came downstairs at my basement. Sub pump was working, 1130, a foot of water in my basement. So what? So you got like, you know, I've never been to that nice home of yours. But, <laughs> Shut um, up. <laughs> so do you have like all the good stuff down there, the TVs, just all the, is it like a, you know, like a basement, full basement. Yeah, I got a full basement, man. So now man, you got to go and spend some of all that hard-earned we, money you got from Duke to refurbish everything. Well, I got it before I went to Duke, just like you got it before you went to USC. So it's not really from them. But you know what I mean. <laughs> is, is there a story here? No, no, I don't know. No, no. He just like him throwing jabs all the time. <laughs> but yeah. No, but seriously, do you have to like now go and – Spend money to refix. Like, yes. Oh, yeah. I have to go through insurance. Oh, yeah. I have to go through insurance. I got like mm-hmm. 20 people coming through my house today to get all the water out because you want to make sure there's no mold. I mean, yep. it's it's an extensive it's process, nasty. man. Man, I feel bad for you now. Yep. See, I didn't feel bad for you before, yep. but I feel bad for you now. Yeah, so I feel bad for everybody out there. Hopefully, everybody's as safe as possible. I still can got be. my home. So, I mean, some people lost. No doubt. I saw some that. pictures. Yeah, <laughs> so plenty of pictures and plenty of video as well. But at least the Green Bay Packers, they thought they got to take on water. If Aaron Rodgers was not going to join them in 2021, mm. he decided to come back. There's still the issue if he's going to be there after the season is over. But are things thawing in the land of Titletown? Well, check out what Brian Gutenkus, the Packers general manager, had to say about the excellent chats that he and Aaron Rodgers have had. I've had really good conversations throughout camp uh, with Aaron and Matt, and, and I think the communication has been really, really good. And so th- as we went into this um, kind of decision-making period, I think uh, – you know, everybody, the, all the people that are kind of involved in that were um, very aware of what was going on and why we were doing what we were doing. So I feel really good about that. And um, the conversations that I've had with Aaron have been excellent. Key and everybody, I wish you could have seen the look on Jay Will's face. Just hearing <laughs> Brian Gutenkunst. He had the same look on his face that Jamie Foxx had when he played Ray Charles. Well, there's no harm in talking. That's what Jay Will looked like hearing that from Brian Gutenkunst. Well, just because Brian G says it don't doesn't make it feel like Aaron Rodgers feels the same way. Like, I love all these narratives. Like, you know, when when people come out and they say things, we're supposed to take them for face value, and that's fact. Just because somebody says something does not make it fact. I can sit here and say, oh, yeah, I spent a lot of time over at Keyshawn's house. And Keyshawn was like, this fool ain't never been over to my house. He ain't never set foot in my house. But just because I said it doesn't make it real. So, look, I, I think I don't care about what comes from Brian G's mouth this entire season. It's Super Bowl or bust, in my opinion, for the Green Bay Packers. And that's for Aaron Rodgers. All I care about, the drama really starts for me when we start getting into the the tournament, when we start getting into that Super Bowl run, and then what happens afterwards. I want to hear from Aaron Rodgers afterwards. I don't care what Brian G has to say now. I don't. Well, look, it's a situation where the general manager asked a question, and and I'm sure the conversations that he's had with Aaron Rodgers have 
been productive in his mind, right? And and so when you are at training camp or walking through the building and you're having a conversation, it's not like Aaron Rodgers like, man, don't talk to me, get away from me. Mm-hmm. He's whatever the conversations are, you know. Hey, are you glad to have Randall Cobb back? Yeah, I think Randall Cobb is excellent for us. How did you like the left tackle? The left tackles have done a good job. Do you like what's going on, where we're headed? Yeah, we're headed in the right direction. So now if I'm Brian Gutekunst, the general manager, I can now use that and say it's a productive conversation. It's not like they're telling Aaron Rodgers, like many people thought uh, when Aaron Rodgers said he wanted to have input, that they were saying, hey, we have a staff meeting at 4 o'clock. Why don't you join us? Because we're going to go over the 53-man roster before cutdown. No, they're, they're not doing that. I mean, the normal conversations that general manager have with players is just through passing, and he's using this opportunity to let everybody know. Key, let me ask you a question, because I've seen you when you get agitated. I've seen it. Oh, with you? <laughs> yes, with, <laughs> well, with me and with other people. Mm-hmm. I, I've seen how you act. Have you ever had a situation where you diss a coach where you don't call him by his name? Yeah, I've, uh, yeah, I have. I, I've, I've certainly have. Uh, you know, I, and not, and not necessarily by their, you know, I don't say coach. Okay. Like, I, like I just, I would like. like tell John me, Gruden. tell me, tell me when it happened. Give me, give me the like story. Like a John Gruden situation, I would just say John. I wouldn't say Coach Gruden. I'd say John. You refer to him first name basis. First John, but I would never say Bill to Bill Parcells mm, or uh-huh. Tony to Dungy. I'd mm, say okay. Coach Dungy. Or, or Coach Parcells, hey, Coach. Or, but to John, I'd be like, John, because that was just how I felt. Right. Because that is what – that's how he treated me, so I treated him the same way. Funny conversation one time. We were standing on the field, and he wanted to share some information about a particular play. So Coach Mann was to my right. John was walking up to my left. And John came up to me and was like, hey, you know what we want to do? I said, look, man, why don't you talk to him <laughs> – Tell him what he need you need me to know so he could tell me and I walked away. Okay. That's just me because that's where our relationship was at. And sometimes you become passive aggressive, much like Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. is yeah. with Brian Gutekinds when you but, know who that person is. But see, that's Keith, just that, the reality. My, of my, it. And my thing is just because Brian Gutekinds says that, like relationships aren't repaired just overnight. It's not like Aaron Rodgers comes back to Green Bay and it's like, okay, now they're giving me insight into what moves we're making and now everything's happy, yippee, yay. It don't work that way with grown-ass men. Yay. It don't work that way. <laughs> I've been reading a lot of my daughter's books I lately. Obviously, you can tell she's turning three. A lot of yippee yays in the book. You know, it, it takes yippee. a minute for somebody to get acclimated to feel comfortable around you. And my thing is, I don't think that's just going to happen for Aaron Rodgers. And when I and, and, and you're right, though, Jay. When I played, though, I get – even with, with Parcells and, and Todd Haley and, and Charlie Weiss and Mo Carthon and all them, when they were on our staffs, when I would get irritated about something because I thought one thing, they thought another, mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be, I'd go, y'all. I wouldn't even refer to them as coaches. i say, y'all. Y'all are the reason. <laughs> Why don't y'all hurry up and speak this drill up? <laughs> you almost got to tell you in a diehard, yippee ki yay blankety blank in that yeah, exactly. situation. Yeah, That's what you're exactly. trying to tell me. Well, if they, the verge doing they that a couple times now. Yeah, well, you know, here's the deal with that, and to what you gentlemen both said. It all comes down to what Aaron Rodgers is going to do after the end, at the end of the season because that pocket is still empty what he's going to do, and Aaron Rodgers is playing this smart. He knows he's never going to get that kind of stroke that he's looking for, but he has enough electricity and juice to say, hey, anything I do or say 
They're going to report to everybody, hey, we got great conversations. Aaron's feeling better. Everything is fine in Titletown. It's a calculated strike by them strike by them because they know it's a calculated strike by Aaron Rodgers to make sure that make sure you give me what I want, make sure that I'm happy, or you know I'm going to bolt out the door. They don't know what he's going to do, and they want to do everything possible to make sure that everything is going to be fine, that if he bolts out the door, they can say, hey, we did everything we could. He wasn't happy no matter what. And Aaron you know, Rodgers is going to be quiet. Kid. He'll be quiet this year. Watch. It's it, it, nothing it, gloating about the industry. About the team. As a teammate of his, all I care about is these 17 games. Absolutely. I don't even care about what whatever you do when the season's over. We'll deal with yep. that when the season's over. Let's just get through these 17 regular season games, mm-hmm. put ourselves in the best position to make a run at the Super Bowl, and in the end, we'll run it back again and go through the whole dog and pony show if we need to to get you to come back for 2022. If you want to sit out again and we'll go through this all over again, right. great. We'll do that, but let's just get through these 17 meaningful games. And what Jay Will said was something in terms of Aaron Rodgers being quiet. If you're the Green Bay Packers, do the same thing. Mm-hmm. If you're Brian Gutenkus and Mark Murphy, like that. don't say anything because you're not making your position stronger with Aaron Rodgers. The more you keep talking, the Smart more he friend. says, I got these dudes right where I want them because they know they need me more than I need them no matter what. Especially he, after looking at Jordan Love this preseason. <laughs> Uh, no yeah. comment. I'm not going to get into that. I don't want Green Bay Packers atting us on Twitter. I want to leave that whole thing alone about Jordan Love. They're going to do it anyway, so I'm just putting it out there. I'm doing the Brian Gunku. See, I'm putting it out there. See what I did there? See. Calculated move. This way you know it's it going to happen. It calculated. It, 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 you're right about that. He's Jay Williams. He's Keyshawn Johnson, Freddie Coleman. Uh, Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. You can say big when you bundle your auto, home, motorcycle, RV, or boat. All you got to do is visit Progressive.com. That is Progressive.com. Key will give you the real when it comes to the best quarterbacks in this division. That's next. Football is here. And there is no better place to get in on all the action than with DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL. As the season is quickly approaching, DraftKings is your one-stop shop to make it rain all season long. To bring you even closer to the action, DraftKings is giving all new players a free shot at millions of dollars during week one. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Nothing adds to the excitement of watching a game quite like having a free shot at huge cash prizes. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code KJZ. For a limited time, new players can get a free shot at millions of dollars during week one. Don't miss out on the action. Enter code KJZ to get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes with your first deposit. That's code KJZ, only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Coming up this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, Alabama head football coach Nick Saban as the top-ranked Crimson Tide get ready for 14th-ranked Miami this Saturday. Plus, we'll ask him about three of his former Alabama quarterbacks starting in week one of the NFL season. Nick Saban, this morning with Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin at 810 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN News. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. 
Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Thanks for joining us on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. He is Jay Williams. He's Keyshawn Johnson. Freddie Coleman on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, Series XM Channel 80, and your serious speaker. Anytime a guest stops by to hang out with us, they're here thanks to the Goodyear Hotline. So we got the NFL season. Matter of fact, seven days from now, we got Tampa Bay versus Dallas. Mm. Then we got a full week in the football after that, leading to a doublehead on Monday Night Football. So, Key... We got quarterbacks all over the place. If you don't have one, then you got a serious problem. Your rankings, keep it on the real. Best quarterback divisions in the National Football League. The floor is yours. Number one. I think you got to start off, you got to go west, right? It's NFC West. When you look at some of the teams in the NFC West and you talk about the quarterback position, you go all the way up to Seattle, there's Russell Wilson. Then you move down to San Francisco, there's Jimmy Garoppolo, or potentially it can be Trey Lance. But then you go and you move a little more west and you sort of say, hey, what's in L.A.? Here's a guy that we decided to get and move in Matthew Stafford from Detroit. We got rid of Jared Goff. This puts our team in Super Bowl contention. Then you take a look at the desert in Arizona. I know Jay Will thinks I don't like Kyler Murray, which I actually like him. I don't like the offense. He's going to put up big numbers, but in the end, are they really going to make some noise in the NFC? Here's the number two. Go ahead. What, what, what was that? I was number, say, two. number two. Number two. Number, number two. two. Number two. <laughs> at, at number two, you want to go stay in the AFC and go in the north. Now we're talking Cleveland, Big Ben in Pittsburgh, Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson, and then obviously Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. I know a lot of people think Big Ben is done in Washington, Pittsburgh. Also, look at Baker Mayfield. People say, oh, he's just a manager. And Joe Burrow's the king of the conference right or the division right now. He's coming off an ACL. And Lamar Jackson, all he is is a run-type threat and not a passer. That's not true. When you look at his numbers, he didn't win the MVP based on his legs. He won the MVP based on the body of work and the things that he's capable of doing. Number three. That was a lot now, faster. Good job. <laughs> Will you stop? What? I'm just I'm giving the production crew their credit. That was a lot faster. <laughs> Number see how, three. See how he cleaned Number that three. up. He wanted Number to blame you, Key, so much, but he cleaned it up, though. Well Number done. Three. At, at number three, let's head back out west to the AFC West. You can start in Los Angeles with the Chargers, move all the way Denver with Teddy Bridgewater, but you got to stop in Kansas City as number one with Patrick Mahomes. Then you move to Las Vegas and you got Carr there. So when you look at this pretzel of quarterbacks,
quarterbacks within this division. You're talking about the Raiders. You're talking about the Kansas City Chiefs, the Chargers, and then the surprising Teddy Bridgewater in the Denver Broncos. They didn't get Aaron Rodgers, but they settled on Teddy Bridgewater. These four quarterbacks within this division, in my opinion, these are the top three divisions with quarterbacks. Now, you can take the other divisions and look at those QBs and say, well, what about my guy? What about this guy? Yes, Tom Brady is in the South in the NFC. What is Jameis Winston? We know what Matt Ryan is, but we don't know if Sam Darnold is the real or not. So when you look at that division, you go, okay, there's really one guy who solidified his position, and that is Tom Brady within that division. Then you look at Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers in Minnesota and Kirk Cousins. Who's going to be the quarterback of Chicago? What are the Detroit Lions going to be? So you take a look at that. So it's like if you don't like it, Make the division yourself, and then we'll see. See, I'm with you, Key, on, on all those, actually, in your rankings. I, I, I would say uh, number four is just one of the most underrated divisions because they're so young, but they're up and coming. We talked about this. Number four. Num- there you go. <laughs> I, I, didn't know four. I didn't know I had a four. I didn't know you had a four Jay. either. But it's, well, we know now. <laughs> I mean, obviously, you talk about Josh Allen. You talk about Tua. Mm-hmm. You talk about Mac Jones. And, you know, I, look, Key played for the Jets. We're going to have a lot of conversations about the Jets. Uh, seeing what Zach Wilson can become now has me really intrigued. I've known Tony Romo for a very long time. I haven't heard Tony Romo gloat about a young quarterback the way he just gloated about Zach Wilson. To say that a, a QB has a chance to become top three mm-hmm. in the NFL fairly soon for a team that doesn't have a lot of options for him to work out. It's not like he came to the same situation that Patrick Mahomes came into now with those weapons around him. Uh, that speaks volumes about how I start to think about Zach Wilson when I start watching him now. I hope so, because as a Jets fan, I'm hoping that what I've been able to see in the preseason is going to transfer to a certain point because I'm not expecting the Jets to be more than a five or six win team. They don't have that kind of talent. I think they'll be pretty good on defense. And Robert Salah, I think, is going to be a really good head coach for the New York Jets. But I've been teased by Jets quarterbacks before. I give you Browning Nagel. He went 5-0 in the preseason. They thought the second coming of Joe Namath. He won more games in the preseason than he won in the regular season. They went 4-12. and But the one thing that's going to help Zach Wilson is the fact that the structure that they have, play action, get him outside the pocket, they're not going to ask him to be that savior right away until they get more weapons around him. He may be in a better position than a lot of people realize because of the way the Jets are going to operate. They're not going to say, hey, Zach Wilson, go win the football game, Key and Jay. They're going to say, dude, just don't put our defense on the short field. Don't make it first and 10 the other way. Hey, a punt is as good as an incompletion from that standpoint. Just make sure that if we can hang around, then we can trust that you'll learn to make plays in your development as a quarterback in New York Jets. Especially when your OC, too, comes from San Francisco, when that's Michael Floor, somebody that obviously to Kyle Shanahan – kind of, you know, overarching umbrella. It's a great setup situation for him. Sorry, Key, go ahead. No, I was going to say with all these young quarterbacks, the, the, the key for them is to stay healthy. Zach Wilson yep. is a guy who had a lot of injuries at BYU. So if he can stay healthy, then maybe he turns into something. I think when you look at Tua Tagovailoa, he's also had some injury problems in his past at Alabama. But when you talk about the bigger guys and Mac Jones and Josh Allen, they're much bigger they probably could withstand some of the NFL punishment week to week where the smaller guys tend to fall apart a lot faster. So we got to keep an eye on that. Here's another guy to keep an eye on. That Justin Herbert do with the Chargers, mm-hmm. it's a bad boy right there. I mean, a lot of people thought coming out of a catch-and-throw offense that he ran at Oregon, and a lot of people that I see him make those kind of plays in college, 
from jump one with the Chargers last year, he let everybody know, yeah, I, I'm ready. I'm going to do what I have to do. If the Chargers can stay healthy, that's a team that a lot of people, Key and Jay, are not talking about. If they can stay healthy and get those guys on defense, they have enough offense, in my opinion, to be a 9-10 win team and be a wild card team in the AFC. You know, what's so, you know what's so funny about when you said catch and throw offense, Freddie, in, in college football? I can go just without even looking at it on paper or on a computer off the top of my head. The success rate of gun quarterbacks in college is pretty damn high mm -hmm. when they transfer to the National Football League. Well, why a lot is that? of quarterbacks, a lot of quarterbacks sit in the gun. Really the only times that you're underneath the center is on first and maybe second down when you want to have some sort of play action pass. Other than that, third down 99.9% .9 of the time, the dude is underneath in, in the gun, unless it's third and short or something. Most of the time, these quarterbacks in the NFL are, are in shotgun. They're really in the gun. Think about it. Only time you really see Tom Brady, or, or I, and I use Tom Brady as an example, underneath the center is on play-action pass. Most of the time, he's standing in the gun to deliver the football. So this, there's a, this myth that yeah. a guy like Justin Herbert cannot necessarily make the transition to the NFL because they ask you to go underneath the center. If you look at Lamar Jackson in college, he was in the gun. All the time. In the, in the pros, he was in the gun. They're just now starting to implement him underneath the center in Baltimore now. So I wouldn't shy away from quarterbacks that are in the gun predominantly in college football. That's not the that's not the 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 caveat to someone saying I don't like a certain quarterback because he's in the shotgun pre predominantly in college. Well, you really can't anymore because everybody's running that offense. Yes. In, in the National Football League, it's, but it's RPO. Not, but, but it's not the offense. You see, everybody says that. They go, oh, well, because he's in the shotgun, this is the type of offense they're running RPO. That's not, but that's not true. You're in the gun so that the quarterback can see and get back fast to deliver the football. Vinny Testaverde was in the gun in 1998, 99. 2000. But this, this is nothing new. I, I don't understand why we act like what we're seeing these offenses do nowadays is something innovative and new. We ran the same plays we was running in 1997. They running now today. The same exact plays. Are you talking about Wildcat offense? I mean, there are a lot of, a lot of little tricks and nuances that have been brought up from the college scheme. Hey, Jay, yeah, well. they've been running this. They, they ran the Wildcat in 1950. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's where it came from. Yeah, with, with the caliber of athletes that yeah. we have in today's game well, is different. Well, well, you know what it is, and both of you guys bring this up. More than ever before, guys are so specialized in what they can do. They can be Swiss Army knives more than ever before. It used to be that a dual-threat quarterback, it used to be that was a, a, a red flag. Well, maybe he can't play the position well. Now, if you don't have a dual-threat quarterback in the National Football League, you're not going to have a lot of success. They have to be able to play in the pocket and outside the pocket. No longer is dual-threat quarterback, meaning he's too athletic for the position. Justin Herbert's pretty damn athletic at six foot six. If that's a dual-threat quarterback, sign me up for that guy from okay. that standpoint. That, to Key's point, that's become more the norm because of seven-on-seven seven and elite 11 camps that these guys are getting more specialized and more NFL-ready than ever before. Well, that's the thing. Like, you know, we're going to talk to Nick Saban today, and obviously a guy like Bryce Young, right, when you start seeing that he's six one or six feet, like those are the things that start to make you wonder about the smaller quarterbacks. And, uh, yeah, they might be fast, but their ability, to, durability also is a very important factor.
Yeah, it, it Bryce Young is a, a, a slight guy. He's he's small. He's narrow. Um, I watched him play in high school. Actually, he was a USC commit, mm-hmm. and then Alabama decided to flip him. Um, and and so when you look at him, that that is kind of a dual threat situation. He's not much smaller than Tua. Tua's maybe a little bit thicker, but height wise, is not much difference there. And I'm surprised that Nick Saban actually. Uh, went in that direction because Nick likes the Mac Jones style. I mean, if you look at his quarterbacks outside of Tua and maybe Jalen Hurts, everybody's been statues. Um, and that's just what he's always known. That's what his his coaching pedigree was, whether it was at Michigan State, Alabama, LSU, uh, and even to the point where in Miami he decided to pass on Drew Brees yeah. for Dante Culpepper. So it, it's one of those situations where – when you like something, you like something. But clearly, he sees something in Bryce Young that makes him say, okay, this guy can get me another championship, which would be like 18,000 championships. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't lying. I did Where's the lie? Why, why, why did you have the NFC West as number one? When I start looking at, obviously, Lamar Jackson, a former MVP, obviously losing J.K. Dobbins hurts. Baker Mayfield, I know it's a run-first offense, but he's shown during the last half of last season that he was really coming into his own. Yeah, 2016, he's nine interceptions. Big Ben, I mean, he was throwing the ball more than he's ever thrown the ball his entire career last year. But now, actually, with the run game with Najee Harris and some of the options, you know, Chase Claypool on the the wing, on the outside, the way they can operate. And then Joe Burrow, I mean, he obviously has the same kind of – you talk about Joe Burrow the same way you almost talk about, you know, the the quarterback for the Chargers, right, and Justin Herbert. So. How does the AFC North have to overcome the NFC West? Well, you got Joe, but let's start with Joe Burrow coming off an ACL. We don't know what we, that is. We assume that he's going to be okay, but we just don't, you don't really know yet. And Zach Taylor, I'm not in love with as a coach. I don't, I just don't believe in them. They took Chase instead of Pene Sewell, mm-hmm. so that rubbed me the wrong way. Then when I move up and I look at Baker Mayfield in Cleveland, he's a good quarterback. But he is more what Cleveland needs opposed to being able to transfer from team to team to team and be the same guy. Lamar Jackson, we do, they lose Dobbins. I don't know what the passing game is going to evolve uh, with this year. I know they want to make the wrinkle, you know, mix things up and put some wrinkles in there, kind of sliding him underneath the center a little bit. And then Big Ben, they started off hot. We saw what it was in the end. He certainly looked better in the preseason. So when I look at that versus the NFC West, I know what I know what Jimmy Garoppolo is when he's healthy. I know what uh, Russell Wilson is. We've seen Kyler Murray. In fact, Kyler Murray on the top 100 list was like in the 20s on the top 100 players in the National Football League. So people feel good about what Kyler Murray is. And then Matthew Stafford is the second coming of Peyton Manning at right now to, for the Rams. I mean, he's like Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, and Steve Young all rolled into one the way the Rams feel about him. So when you look at that division, those quarterbacks got a lot of, you know, they've had a lot of success, but they got a lot of pressure to deliver. And I believe somebody out of that division will probably wind up in the NFC Championship game. Great stuff by Keyshawn Johnson and Jay Williams and Freddie Coleman are Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin. The Keys Real Rankings are brought to you by Dell for your small business needs. Call a Dell Technologies advisor today at 877-ASK-DELL. That's 877-ASK-DELL. Let's get to SportsCenter. Oh, the Hollywood Swingers. Through the left side base hit. Turner is waved around third. 
He will score easily. Yeah, baby. With the go-ahead hit to bring in Turner, who had tied the game. Seager takes second. The Dodgers take the lead. It's Los Angeles four, Atlanta three, in a wild eighth inning. And the fight we win this one in the eighth inning. The yeah. Dodgers four, the Braves three. We did exactly Just what we were supposed to do. Him, Max Scherzer left in the sixth inning with a little bit of a hamstring injury, but he fanned nine prior to going out. Key, when am I going to see you throw the first pitch at the Dodgers <laughs> yeah, really? game, man? Yeah. It's Why COVID, man. I, I don't want to be near no. the Dodgers. Come on. It's COVID right now. I had forgotten it was COVID right now based on that highlight that he read. But the fight of Keyshawn Johnson's now in first place for the first time in the West since April 25th with the Giants losing to Milwaukee Brewers as well. Speaking of L.A. teams, the Angels cannot take care of the Yankees. Yankees broke a four-game losing streak. Garrett Cole, 15 strikeouts, a season high in seven innings. They beat the Angels by a count of 4-1. to one. By the way, he also struck out Shohei Atani three times. That has mm. not happened all year long. Garrett Cole for the third time in his major league career, striking out at least 15 batters and did not walk a single batter as the Yankees win that one and break a four-game losing streak 4-1. to one. Staying in New York because Lord knows the Mets are going to make sure that's going to happen. Their acting general manager, Zach Scott, is in serious trouble, facing DWI charges, and he won't join the team for the road trip. He was arrested at 4.15 a.m. early Tuesday morning in White Plains, New York. Police found him asleep at the wheel of his SUV at a traffic light and determined he was intoxicated. <laughs> you think? The Mets said Scott was at a fundraiser for the team's Amazing Mets Foundation at owner Steve Cohen's house in Connecticut that was also attended by players. Scott left the event when it ended around 8.30 or 9 p.m. The New York Mets, that reality show, just keeps right on going. Just get an Uber. You would think. <laughs> Call a friend. What? T-A-X-I taxi. Hire a driver. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. Sports Hit is brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Straight Talk Wireless has rolled out 5G coverage nationwide. And use your phone if you need a friend. And you can get a Samsung Galaxy A32 5G for only $290. No contract. All on America's best networks. Straight Talk Wireless. 5G cable device required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. He's Jay Williams. So has Cam Newton thrown his last pass in the NFL? Let's discuss that here in case you're on Jay Will and Zubin on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, Series X and Channel 80, and the ESPN app. Anytime a guest stops, better hang out with us. They hear thanks to the Goodyear Hotline. Get your groove on, y'all. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm too busy watching you and Keyshawn doing the bumping, bumping groove here. You know, it's a day before Friday, man. Got to get warmed up. <laughs> but, it, it, hey, it, it, it's happy Jay, hour somewhere. <laughs> you made me laugh, though, because I was thinking the same thing. Get an Uber, man. <laughs> Seriously. What the hell? And you coming from the owner's house, you right. would think that they would have a ton of SUVs ready to pick up their people. I mean, all you needed was all you needed was um from um coming to America, park the cars and have them get your car for you, what they did with uh, Hakeem and everybody else. Why not have that situation? Or or even if or typically when you somewhere like that mm-hmm. and you at a gathering, somebody would see you. And be like, yo, you need to give me them keys, right. dog. Yeah. Especially somebody in that position of power. Yo, well, he, but, I, I, but, you know, mistakes are made, and, and hopefully he learns from it. In other words, that's okay. the, I'm glad he's okay. Yeah, because he could have done damage to himself or somebody else. No doubt about that. The New York Mets had some week, and we're still on Thursday when it comes to that baseball team. I can't see what Friday's going to happen with a holiday weekend involving that team. But a man who's on holiday now is Cam Newton, released by the New England Patriots on Tuesday. I don't want to believe, guys that he's thrown his last pass in the National Football League. But here's the deal. 
when it comes to Cam Newton. He may have to get in touch with his inner Carmelo Anthony because he still believes he can be a starting quarterback. No one is going to bring him in if he has that mentality. If he has that mentality, then it's going to be a minute before he's on the NFL team. If he can accept the role as a backup and be a mentor, then there could be a place for him. The question is, where is that place going to be for Cam Newton? I was about to say, man, something, something away, going Jay. on with your mic. <laughs> well, he, he, here's what I would say. I don't know where the landing spot is. Okay. Okay, the Washington football team passed on him for the second time. Uh, Ron Rivera, you would think, who has had him uh, throughout his career, would certainly be in line to sign a Cam Newton, but clearly he feels that Ryan Fitzy can get the job done or else he would – Take a look at him. The Dallas Cowboys are in an interesting spot for him because we know that Dak Prescott is a starter. They got him $100 plus million, $150 million. That there's no looking over my shoulders, right. but it gives me an insurance policy of a guy who has played in this league, has won a lot of games, took a team to a Super Bowl. Is he willing to take that back seat, sit tight for a minute, because injuries do happen in the National Football League, especially at the quarterback spot, and if something were to happen to that Prescott, he now becomes that quarterback that can hold things together for several games into such due time that you get him back. Outside of that, there's not a whole lot of, you know, maybe there is the New Orleans Saints uh, opportunity there. That way you don't have to worry about Taysom Hill becoming the second guy. He can kind of do what he does. If something were to happen to Jameis Winston, he could still be on the field because Cam Newton could slide in that position. Then there is the Baltimore Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens, are, are, you know, you got Lamar Jackson. He kind of could fit that role for the Baltimore Ravens to a degree, much like Robert Griffin III was able to do over the last couple of years. Right. So you look at that situation there. And then, you know, I don't know. I don't know if the Denver Broncos make a whole lot of sense because Teddy yeah. Bridgewater I like, and I think he is good enough with that defense and those playmakers around him to take Denver to the next step and compete within that division. But if for some reason there's a hiccup there, do you really truly believe in, in Drew Locke to be the number two guy to take over for Teddy Bridgewater? So there's not a whole lot of places that make sense because when you are – Cam Newton, and you're where you are in your career right now, Freddie and Jay, you want to go to an organization that wins. You don't want to go to Houston. Yeah. I, I don't want to yeah. go to Houston. Yeah. There's nothing for me in Houston just to be going to put on a uniform. No, I'm not getting in line just because I want to win and be on a winning team. Hello. Am really? I back? Can you hear me, Key? Really? Yeah, I hear are you. Are you doing that? Okay. Well, I, I'm just asking if I'm back. I mean, I was talking to myself for like damn near five minutes. <laughs> Just watch T- Key pontificate for 10 minutes. I thought the guys in the well, white coats were going to come get you. No, because your mic was messed up. If I would have stopped and said something, then you'd have been, uh, you know, echoing again. Then so they I brought just, another mic over. I had two mics. I didn't know which mic to talk into. Mm-hmm. All right. You were so, double fisted. So next time, I just won't say nothing. Phrasing. And then I'll let you have the floor. Where's that the way, cause production? Because according to people, I hog the mic any damn way. Wait, so, wait, hey, 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 hey. Hey, phrasing. No Thank you. A little late, but we got it. Wow. Yes. Now? <laughs> I, didn't know, I didn't know what you were talking about. I got to be honest. Is, is everything okay technically? Cam Newton's landing Cam spot. Cam Newton's landing spot. If there is one and Key doesn't see any potential landing spot, there are not a lot of places available. Now you're caught up. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I heard Key's last part. I ain't going to Houston. 
too much going on in Houston. Like, I ain't trying to be the guy just to get in to fit in. If I'm Cam, and I said this yesterday, I will wait. It's inevitable in this league a QB will get hurt. And now the question becomes, Key, at what juncture is that team when that QB does get hurt if they're willing to take the risk on somebody who's unvaccinated mm-hmm. if he decides not to get vaccinated? Like, that's the caveat for me. If Cam decides to get vaccinated, he'll play. But if he decides not to get vaccinated, well, not too sure. then that, that, that's what makes me start to worry about, okay, well, if Cam doesn't play this year, then what's that narrative been? And what's that, that's three years now all of a sudden that he's kind of been like waiting to find a team and kind of found a team last year but then caught COVID and had all these issues. And then it starts to get really worrisome for me with Cam. It, it, I, it's, I, it's real, I, but it's where man, we are. It, it's, I, a, yeah. it's a decision that Cam has to make. I respect this decision at the end of the day, but it also seems like that will play somewhat of a factor in whether Cam will play again. Oh, it, it certainly it certainly is going to play a factor in whether or not um, a decision will be made to sign Cam. Uh, this it, Throughout the league, not just Cam Newton, but other players that are on the streets, as we like to call it, that don't have a team right now, what the teams are doing is they're speaking to the agents and they're asking the agents, is he vaccinated? That's the first conversation. Exactly. Wow. Is, yeah. he, is he is he vaccinated? Yeah. And then as soon the moment that that the, the agent tells him, well, he's working on it, they're like, oh, well, oh that means no. We'll, we'll get back to you. Yeah. That's what they're doing. And I know firsthand that's what they're doing. And can you know for a fact, star players on on different teams they feel different ways. Some players may be a little bit more lackluster about okay, who maybe they don't have kids, they don't have family members that could be compromised. They may be like, okay, some other guys may be like, yo, I, I don't I don't want that around me. You know, it, sorry, but I don't want to jeopardize or put myself in that situation where something could happen and this could affect me, my career, or my family. I, if, I, different strokes yeah, are different yeah, folks. If, if, if you don't believe that Cam Newton can help you, then they're not going to sign him, vaccinated or not. And right now, I think if people don't believe Cam Newton can help that football team, whether he gets vaccinated or not, they've already made that kind of decision. He's Jay Williams. He's Keyshawn Johnson, Freddie Cohen, and Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, Series X and Channel 80, and also your smart speaker. So why did Joel Embiid of the 76ers say that about his maybe soon-to-be ex-teammate, Ben Simmons, in Philadelphia? That's next. Why did he say it now? He could have said it before. Anyway, <laughs> college football fans – After an off-season that felt a little more off than usual, Fansville and Dr. Pepper invite you to celebrate because college football is back, baby, and so are the fans. Yes, it's the most wonderful time of the year again, the season of Saturdays when rivalries run deep and nacho cheese dip runs even deeper. So crack open an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, warm up your cornhole tossing arm, and return to glory with all-new season of Fansville by Dr. Pepper. The one fans deserve. Coming up this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, Alabama head football coach Nick Saban as the top-ranked Crimson Tide get ready for 14th-ranked Miami this Saturday. Plus, we'll ask him about three of his former Alabama quarterbacks starting in week one of the NFL season. Nick Saban, this morning with Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin at 810 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN News. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, 
Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, ESPN News. He's Jay Williams. He's Keyshawn Johnson. I'm Freddie Coleman. In 10 minutes, you're going to find out who said that Zach Wilson could be the next Patrick Mahomes. That comes your way in about 10 minutes. What's next for the Philadelphia 76ers? Could Ben Simmons be traded? He asked out of Philadelphia on Tuesday. Then Joel Embiid, he said, hey, if anything is a problem, I don't have a problem with Ben Simmons, period. It also goes back to when the Sixers blew a 2-1 series lead to the Atlanta Hawks in the Eastern Conference semifinals, and then Game 6 happened, when he could have put away the series and that didn't happen, and Joel Embiid said this, and he kind of mentioned but did not mention Ben Simmons. I don't know how to say it, um, but I thought the turning point was just, you know, we had uh, an open shot, and, you know, we uh, we made one free throw, and... Uh, we missed the other, and then they came down and scored, uh, and uh, we didn't get a good pos- uh, possession on the other end, and Trey came back, and he made a three, and then from there, uh, down four, uh, and then I go, I, uh, it's on me, I turn the ball over uh, and try to, you know, make something happen. So here, here's my problem, because yesterday, Joel Embiid then tweeted, sources, trust me, bro. Stop using my name to push people's agendas. I love and hate drama. I love playing with Ben. Stats don't lie. He's an amazing player, and we all didn't get the job done. It's on me personally. I hope everyone is back because we know how good we can be and we can win. You see, I wish Joel Embiid said what he said yesterday at the post-presser after they lost because what it seemed like to me is even though he wants to make it seem like there's not a rift between him and Ben Simmons – He threw Ben Simmons under the bus after they lost that game. Now, look, in game four, they had an 18-point lead. Mm -hmm. In game five, they had a 26-point lead. Mm -hmm. In game seven, they had 17 turnovers. Joel Embiid had eight. So as I understand that Ben Simmons didn't play to the level we expect him to play because he didn't shoot the rock, and there are big questions around Ben Simmons. I'm not saying that. But yesterday was the leader of the team that I think can go deep into the playoffs because that's that's the type of accountability that Joel Embiid needs to have. Now, I talked to Rich Paul yesterday, and Rich Paul was like, look, we go anywhere but stay in Philly. That speaks volumes about how Ben Simmons sees Joel Embiid and the Philadelphia 76ers organization. It speaks for itself about what exists between those two. Mm, mm. I don't know if we got no room for a young kid out west, though. <laughs> Y'all got, you got too enough many players with the Lakers, west. man. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't know if we got room for a young pup, man. We we old school with the Lakers right now. We don't, you know. But Ben Simmons is it. Look, man. It, sometimes you need a fresh start, and maybe his teammate and B feels a certain way. What you know in private versus public. I don't know. I'm mm-hmm. not that deep into the Philadelphia 76ers and what they got going on. I know one thing, though. Change of scenery sometimes goes a long ways mm-hmm. in one's professional career. And if he feels that he wants out of Philadelphia, and Doc Rivers in the Philadelphia and Elton Brand and everybody should try and figure out 
how to make a move to move Ben Simmons so he can go on with his career and they can get the necessary assets back. You can see a potential maybe three-way trade between Sacramento, the Warriors, Matching up salaries and, and everything. Philadelphia, right? Between Buddy Hill, De'Aaron mm-hmm. Fox, potentially draft picks. Wiseman is available as well, coming off an injury. Draft picks, Clay Thompson's coming back. There, there's a lot of moves that could be made. But, look, if, if Ben Simmons found a way to get on the Warriors, mm-hmm. watch out. Well, Ben Simmons' biggest move, make a free throw. Damn. Seriously. You, you can't be Damn. a superstar if you I, don't I, have the ability to improve your game. So you can give Shaq me all the machinations, but Shaq Giannis is a dominant a hard player. Time making free throws. Those are dominant players. I, ben Simmons is not a dominant player. If you're going to be dominant, make plays. Seriously. And you make plays the free throw line, or you find a way to make threes. If you're not working on that in the offseason, then what are we doing? That's fair. If Man, you're Ben Simmons, Fred, what are we fair. doing? I'm Fast just, Freddy, I'm just, huh? I'm just putting it out there. Who thinks that Zach Wilson can be that great that Ben Simmons is not? That's next on ESPN Radio. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.